Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern-day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parent in Hell with... Can you say Rob Beckett? Can you say Josh Whittacombe? Good girl. <laughs> Hi guys, thanks for getting us all through lockdown and for being sexy and relatable while doing it. Here's sure. my two, two and a half year old, Erin giving uh saying your names ago this was the one and only attempt as this i was allowed to do before being growled at we do oh. have another girl at the end of june so we'll be needing more tales of woe to get me through the next 18 months plus from alistair and family ray r-a-e originally from king's langley in hertfordshire living in warwick there we go Rob. oh lovely very nice, Erin. Nice name, Erin. Erin Brockovich. Got any other Erins? Uh, there was one at the most primary school. I once took over a job from a girl called Erin in an accounts department at an office, and I was having to do her job, and I found a drawer full of invoices that hadn't been sorted out, and oh there had God. to be an emergency meeting. Oh, my God, that's incredible. And she just basically just hid them. I love the fact that you're the one who's lifting the lid on it, Rob. Well, that's you're actually... into the office. <laughs> Well, no, but yeah, because I found this drawer of stuff going, what needs to happen to this? And they thought that had been, nothing dodgy had gone on. She just hadn't done yeah, yeah, some no. work. There was no, yeah, like, yeah. anything naughty or illegal. It's just that she'd, like, swerved a load of work. And then, because um, Lou also, we used to work together, me and Lou, and she was in doing my job in another department. She was in the meeting as well. And Lou had to help me sort it out. And nothing's really changed since then, really. <laughs> <laughs> Lou, but that was a job. We both did the exact same job, and I was on five hundred quid a year more than her. I was on 17, 17 and a half grand, and she was on seventeen grand. Do you know what, Rob? You're still bringing in the bacon, aren't you? Well, she's You're still with her fifty k followers on Instagram. Give it oh, a few yeah. years. It's only one of you bringing a Papa John's sponsorship. That's for sure. <laughs> Stop bringing up Papa John's. Sorry, because they're getting what they wanted. The bars of Domino's. Yeah, do you know what Domino's Pizza is good? Isn't it? Oh, Domino's. Oh, love yeah. Domino's. Pizza Express. Yes, please. Love that. Franco Manca. Why not? Oh yeah. Come on. Home slice pizza pilgrims. That's better. We've we've done them all now. Right. Is there any left? You haven't tuned into Ed Gamble and James Acaster by mistake. This is still parenting hell. Um, <laughs> that's how I imagine their podcast. I'm they must to be it. bored by food by now. You know, we're they only say really that st- about us and children, Rob. Yeah, but we have to look after our kids. They don't have to eat all that. 
<laughs> that, that's true. You do have to keep eating, though. Whatever. Even if we hate talking about our kids, we have to talk about them anyway because they're going to be there yeah. for the next 18 years. Do oh, they really honest, care what, you know, Simon from Union J likes on a sandwich? <laughs> what a reference. I don't even know if there is a Simon in Union J. I haven't thought about Union J in a decade, and that is why this podcast works. Union J members, who we got? I like that. Jamie, JJ, George, Josh, Casey. That's a shame. Yeah, because weren't they called J- Union J because they all began with J? Oh, I've had a fucking howler. Yeah, why's Casey in that? He needs to have a word with himself. Casey Johnson. Casey Johnson. It's, it's very, very tenuous, the but reason he they joined, called Union J. He joined 2016 to 2017. Did he? George Selly's the main guy. Imagine being a late member of Union J. What a life. Anyway, they'll be on next week. Lying I'm sure about his name. To promote. Yeah, we've got no one that's good at singing, but this bloke called J- Jack's just turned up. <laughs> I could have been in Union J. You could have been in Union J. I can't be in Union J. Do you remember when we said to each other before we started no. recording, let's keep this intro short, and yeah, now okay. we're talking about fucking Union J. <laughs> Right, Catherine you know, Ryan. Also, you said you, you also said we just talk. We talk about our kids. We don't fucking. We talk about <laughs> Union J for two minutes. The one of the geezers in Union J had a severe. Oh fringe. God, he's still going. <laughs> I don't know which one it was. George, not even George Shelley. It was that George Shelley. Sorry, this they is Catherine Ryan. Different in every photo. <laughs> no, no. How many times can one of us say this is Catherine? Ryan? I think George Shelley well, was supposed to be on. the Harry Styles of the group. No, right, right. Sorry. Okay, Catherine here's Ryan, Catherine Ryan. Here. This is Catherine Ryan. Hello, Catherine Ryan. Welcome back to Parenting Hell. We're very excited to have you back, Catherine. Thank you for having me back. You made us. You you launched us. It is an honor. And I've had a whole new baby just so that I could come back on the show because it's so successful. Oh, it's a great promo opportunity to have a baby. Yeah, it's a superb yeah. bit of promo opportunity. Yeah. So did you have the baby like knowing that this prime show was coming out and you needed something to talk about? Or did <laughs> what came first, the baby or the prime show? Actually, the baby delayed the prime show because during my pregnancy, I basically wasn't telling anyone because I don't know if you guys know this, but you can't really get insured on any production if you're pregnant. They don't. Yeah. Like sometimes if you're important enough, they'll go the extra mile. You know, you'll see Holly Willoughby pregnant on The Voice Mm. and that's because she's worth it. (laughs) Um, but, uh, no, now they're like, uh, uh, we don't insure. They're, They're happy to put that in black and white too. So did you keep it secret then? I did. I tried to keep it secret. People just thought I was really fat for ages. <laughs> Lou clocked it. Lou clocked it early doors. Yeah. She was like, Catherine's pregnant. I was like, I think so, but she's keeping it quiet. And then you told us and I told her, she was like, I knew it. Yeah. I had to keep it quiet because I still needed to work to feed my family. And I'd been off kind of the whole pandemic. So that's so bad. I know. Oh, but I then I walked onto set for this ITV show, Ready to Mingle. Uh, I was eight months pregnant on that, and everyone was kind of like, cool, hi. But no one can say it to your face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So then I wanted to film backstage with Catherine Ryan, and I had to tell them I was pregnant. So I told my agent, I told them, and they decided to push it back. So actually, the baby nearly ruined everything. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. And you've also, you've taken the baby onto panel shows. Yes. That's an incredible thing to do. How, is that stressful? No, but the thing is, I'm his mother. And I never mean to throw you guys under the bus when I say this, because I know you're both very hands-on dads, but it like, no matter how uh, helpful you are, it isn't the same. 
And mm. we just mm. have to do physically so much more. And I was obviously breastfeeding him and he was just really little and he likes to be around me. So I just was like, well, I'll just start bringing him places. The f- but I mean, I brought him on a few panel shows and he was eight days old and 10 days old and two weeks old. But then, you know, once they get a bit bigger, you can't cause they bother everyone. Yeah. yeah. When you were like, can't get insured on shows, is that if you're like part of like a long running series or could you still do like a go on a panel show pregnant? Will they allow that or even that? I don't think they will. If you look at the um, health and safety forms that you fill out, the insurance forms, all of them ask if you're pregnant. And if you go on the BBC's insurance website, which I think is Quartz, it says like in black and white, we don't insure for any matters of the womb. (laughs) Any matters of the womb. Yeah. Like if your vagina falls off on set, that's it. And you don't want to let down a production. Like that's the thing. If you have some complication of pregnancy, let's say you are on a sitcom and the whole day gets canceled, um, that they won't be insured. If you had an eye infection and they couldn't film you, that day would be insured and everyone would get yeah. paid to go home. But it with it's so weird. So I just lied. And I'm not sorry for lying. <laughs> no. no. Well, it's the same way as like all those forms have got, have you ever taken drugs? And like, imagine the people on telly in the 90s. No. Actually <laughs> doing a line off the table as they click no. Definitely not. I can actually say I've never taken drugs. I'm such a, such a square. What was the pregnancy like? Was it an all right one or was it... No, I got really fat actually, which is cool, which is eye-opening because um, I'd had like some experience with pregnancy loss before that. So for this one, I did all this research into avoiding that. And there's a this thing called the Bondi protocol that I think a lot of people don't know about where you take steroids and then this intralipid IV thing every four weeks. And apparently it calms your immune system. But what steroids will also do is turn you into an absolute sumo wrestler. Right. So I gained how many, what is stone? I gained like three 14 stones. Pounds. There you go. I gained three stone. Really? Um, Blimey. In three months, basically all in my face. And you're telling people you weren't <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> I know. But that was the beginning of your pregnancy when you're usually quite thin because you're sick. I just got so big. And with me, because I talk about Botox and filler and everything else, Mm. the whole of the internet was like, well, Catherine's really done it this time. She's really (laughs) fucked her face. And I just had to sit there with this like fat Madonna face and be like, yeah. But it didn't bother me. I thought it was really cool because I've been called lots of things. And, you know, when people want to say things about my appearance, it really doesn't bother me. But I had never experienced being called fat. And there is a very interesting, uh, I mean, interesting for me because I only had to experience it, you know, like as like Katie Hopkins, like just for a minute, see what it was like. I took a little, little tourism into fat. (laughs) But um, people are really mean about being fat. They're really nasty about it. Really? I think so. And they wouldn't have said that if they knew you were pregnant kind of thing, because they yeah. didn't know. They just assumed that you've put on weight and started giving you shit on, well, online, not in the street. Not in the street. Either like facelift or too many fillers or fat were the three guesses. Oh, is this on Twitter or is this in the tabs? Both, I think. Blimey. Didn't bother me though. I just thought it was like fascinating. And did you feel like, was it all right to work and stuff during your pregnancy? Because like you weren't too ill or too kind of... I was a bit ill, but you know me, like I would be on fire and go to work. It's a real problem. Yeah. Um, I'm quite, I'm quite greedy. I'll always show up. And even like almost as a martyr, like despite everyone else, I'll show up. Is it different though? Because like when you, with your first, because your daughter's um, Violet's older now, she's what, 13, 14 is she? Is that right? Yeah. So my son turns one this week and Violet turns 13 this week. They're like 13, exactly yeah. 12 oh, years wow. apart. Wow. 
and then when because when, when you had her, you weren't with um, her dad, and then but now you're what were you? you? Did you separate at that point when she was young? I mean, I was technically with him, but I was pretty much alone. <laughs> we'll say <Yeah>. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on from that. That's but, um, but but with Bobby, you're sort of living with Bobby, your husband, and yeah. he's um, your baby's dad and stuff. And and how's that been having like the, the dad more involved this time? Yeah, it's a whole different world. So when I was expecting Violet, I was already crossed with Violet's dad, didn't like Violet's dad, yeah. didn't get help that I thought I deserved from Violet's dad. Fine, fine, fine. Planning my exit strategy. <laughs> and with Bobby, he is like the love of my life. I always loved Bobby since I was 15 years old. He's great. He's home with the baby. So he's like a stay at home dad uh, slash professional golfer. And um, <laughs> I actually have so much help. And because he's a, like his son, I think Bobby was kind of scared of the baby. I don't know if you guys felt scared that you were going to do something wrong when you had yeah, newborn yeah. daughters. Constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could tell that he was scared. It's not that he didn't want to help, but he just is so much more involved now that Fred is like this big, fat one-year-old who can really communicate with yeah, us, and it's yeah. great. Especially yeah. with breastfeeding and stuff, you do feel really ostracized mm -hmm. from the process because you can't, you physically can't do that. You just sort of hang right. around nearby, either not doing anything or holding the baby to then give them back to you. Toast, toast and water. Yeah, I found it um, uh, a lot easier to sort of connect with my daughter when we were bottle feeding her because Luke didn't breastfeed as well on the first time. But when they mm. get to one and 18 months old and they're, they're like got a personality and they're communicating, that's just an absolute game changer because then you can form your own bond in that way, which I think Bobby must be loving at the moment. Yeah, and I can really tell. I mean, he's like the white Earl Woods. He takes Fred to the golf course all the time <laughs> and like... <laughs> teaches him how to golf and fred is such a toxic male like he looks very edl he's like he's like really fat and like pure white and he has little parted haircut and he just grunts he's like uh, uh. and his first word was dada and then his second word was like round and around and around for wheels and like he doesn't even like we say that he calls me dad's wife because he sees me and he goes da 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 i'm like he's trying to say dad's wife he just is a misogynist <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Do you think it's nice to have a boy? Because obviously you're, you and Violet's relationship show so strong and you've been together mm -hmm. for so long on your own, you two, as a, as a pair. Sort of a, a, another sort of younger sister coming in could have maybe upset the apple cart a bit more than a boy. Yeah. Or was that a concern? Well, I think Violet was briefly concerned because um, we call her, there's this like, well, maybe this is going to get me a child services phone call, but there's a gin <laughs> drink that I really like called a gimlet and sometimes they make it with violet gin and it's called a gin gimlet and so sometimes I just call violet gimlet I always have since she was little and you shouldn't really name your children after a cocktail but you know me um, and at first she was like are you gonna call the baby gimlet too and I was like nah Aww. you know you know I'm on to margaritas now yeah. but <laughs> 
think in real life, when the baby came along, you know, Violet's so grown up that there's no rivalry. It's like a yeah. whole different generation. Yeah. Violet views him as being almost like her baby in a way. Do you find it different with the genders? Yeah, I think he's much more rough and tumble. I suppose ours are close as well, so it's, there's much more of a compare and contrast, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, because we've just been through um, a, a penis is so much more difficult to clean than a vagina. Do you think? <laughs> I do think, yeah. <laughs> there's so many different crevices, like so many <laughs> overhanging bits. Well, Josh, I hate to say this because it always gets me in trouble with mum's net, but, you know, you got to potty train them and then you don't have that issue. I know, I know, you've told me this before. Have you started potty training Fred yet? No, I have finished potty training Fred. He was potty training, he was eight months old. What? Okay, you always talk about this. Let's, should we go through this? Because Josh now could essentially potty train his son if he wanted to, if he could be bothered. Do you know what I mean, Catherine? Well, if he could be bothered. <laughs> well, I'm talking about putting it on me. Just so you know, Josh, you could do this if you could be bothered. So is it Fred, eight months old potty trained? Yes. So look, I think it's too late now because oh. if I started potty training Fred now, I don't think that he would yeah. cooperate. Right. Okay. Um, so because I potty train my children almost from birth, it's very controversial. I don't care. <laughs> what it means is that I'm not sat there cleaning diarrhea out of any foreskins, you know? Yeah. Hello. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just did some this morning, actually, mate. Oh, no. Because in the words of Rob Beckett, if I could be bothered, I wouldn't be in that situation. But <laughs> I'm just saying, Catherine, all I'm saying is Catherine could have been bothered and she was filming backstage <laughs> with Catherine Ryan, available on Prime now. All episodes dropped. Is that a good plug? Yeah. Did, did, uh, did Amazon want us to drop it after the foreskin diarrhea stuff or before? Oh, yeah, they said link it as close to the foreskin diarrhea comment as you can. <laughs> That's good PR. Um, so take us through this. Take us through this. All right. So it's no judgment. And it's not because you can't be bothered. It's because you are socialized in Western culture. And there's mm. this nine to five work week. And you're very busy. And we're told that we can't potty train our kids till they're like 18 months. Also, if we all did it, nappy companies would lose loads of money. Right. Big nappy. Big nappy have got us by the absolute... Um, <laughs> the Maybe pearls, it's a nappy they? conspiracy theory. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Catherine, for stopping it you there. Is. I got excited. When we put them in nappies you effectively train them to go in nappies. You, you right. don't think you're training them, but that's what they learn. And so when my kids are about, I wouldn't say from birth, kind of four months, I just start putting them on the potty and you read them a story or, and then like I say like, oh, do you need to pee pee in the potty? And then if they accidentally go, which they invariably will, mm. then you go, yay, well done. And then you take them off and you put them without a nappy for a while. And they really like to be without a nappy. Yeah. And then you just, it, it's really useful with poos because you can see in their face when they yes. need a poo. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can kind of learn their schedule. So Fred would go in the morning. So as soon as he wakes up every day, we put him on the toilet and we have this potty seat that goes over our toilet. We read him some books. He always poos in the morning. He's on the same schedule as his dad. And then... <laughs> And then um, I will put a nappy on him if we're out and about in case he has a yeah. wee or something. But mm. he has not pooed in a nappy for honestly like almost four or five months. Whoa. Wow. And we have most wees in the potty as well because they just learn that like that's where they go. You don't even have to do a lot of teaching. 
And if he fusses her, he kind of like points to the potty. Violet was better. She would sign language that she needed the potty, but Fred kind of refuses most sign language. But I can tell when he needs to go. I put him on the potty. He's on a schedule. He only poos the once in the morning, always in the potty. And then most pees, like if he's been playing for like an hour and a half, I just stick him on the potty, read him a book and he will pee. He knows that when he sits on the potty, he like pushes and tries to pee. He just gets it. And um, no one believes me. I'm like, I really don't give a shit because like I said, his foreskin is sparkling clean. <laughs> That's the review we all want. How did you find out about this? I didn't. I just did it with Violet intuitively oh, wow. because I was like, I wouldn't like to go to the bathroom, like sat down on the floor. It would be really weird, or dif- yeah. difficult to do. Yeah. I could just tell by the look in her face. So I just put her on the potty and then I started reading about it. And there is loads of literature about it. It's called mm. elimination communication, which I didn't even know. But in like the Eastern world, they do it all the time. I mean, either they, in certain rural communities, they can't afford nappies or it's just normal. I mean, you would not believe the shit storm of hatred that I get for doing this. But, but, but why? I don't get why the hate, because you're not saying everyone yeah, should do it. If you don't do it, so you're stupid. It's just something that you've done yeah. and you recommend. I think people are... People are quite spicy. It's all coming from inside. It's their own problems. Yeah, they're very, you know. They feel inferior as parents. And if someone's saying yeah. something that they've done that's better than what they've done, they all to think you're the problem rather than it's their own self, you know, them beating themselves up. Because it doesn't matter if you don't. If you do it when they're free, who cares? But they're just, you know, if you can't be bothered. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm trying to wind them up now. <laughs> Look, if you want to be a lazy, stupid, fat fucking parent and wait till they're four, go for it. But if you want to be an absolute legend like that, I'm joking. Sorry, I'm fucking them up. Yeah, they will. They'll come for me, Rob. No, but I think that's fair. You're not saying anyone should do it. You don't have to do it, but you you know, it's an option to try. They can all do it. I didn't think that, I thought Violet was special, but now that Fred's done it, you know, I'm like, oh, they can all just do it. Yeah. It must be also, if he, is he at nursery? No. When he, if he goes to nursery, he's going to be the absolute legend in that in that um, toddler <laughs> yeah. room. The one year old that, that can go to the toilet on his own will be the absolute boss of it. This is the thing, though. This is why it doesn't work for a lot of families because I don't think uh, nursery workers would have the time to sit because they have to look after a few children. So can they sit one on one with Fred and read him three yeah. books in the morning? You know, yeah. we're very lucky that we have the luxury of time to do that. Also, you're getting him into reading on the toilet early, which is one of life's great pleasures is reading on the toilet. And so (laughs) you're associating that with him straight away. He loves that. I was going to say it's his first birthday tomorrow. Yeah. Are you doing much for it? Because I think it's a weird one. First time round, we did loads for my daughter. We had a party. Yeah. It meant nothing to her. Second time round, we were like, he's not going to know. I feel like people have the first birthday for you guys. It's yeah. like, yeah, you yeah, made yeah. it. Let's have a party, yeah. all our friends over. We're starting to get our social life back. We lasted a year. We're still together, you know. But um, I did the same. I had a big party for Violet's first birthday, and she was livid to have all those people in her house. Yeah. And no, we're not doing anything. Violet has a friend over today, a very impressive friend who's starring in the West End. Oh. Uh, yeah, Michael musical Ball. Matilda. Yes. <laughs> The Phantom of the Opera's here. Also, a girl who plays Matilda. She doesn't play Matilda. She's in Matilda. And oh, I'm wow. so impressed with this kid. I'm like, you have, you literally have a job. <laughs> so um, she has to run off to her show shortly, but she's the only guest at Fred's birthday. I'm making him a gluten-free, dairy-free, nearly sugar-free coconut cream cake. And I put some decorations up. He doesn't give a shit. You're right. And that's How it. How come oh, you've gone nice. for all those gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free stuff? Just so, does he off all that? Well, he had a bit of eczema and it's frustrating because did any of your kids have eczema? Yeah, my daughter's still got it. Yeah. Um, 
then I there's no Exmo answer as a kid. for it. I mean, it comes and goes. There's creams, and then you put the creams on, and it gets rid of it. We've done all the elimination diet stuff, and it hasn't really. Well, my daughter know. was no dairy, and then we had to do the dairy uh, ladder. Have you ever done the dairy ladder? Uh, the milk ladder. Milk ladder. No. Was, yeah, but basically, if you if you can't have dairy, and they're off dairy, you get them back on, so you start with like a digestive biscuit, and then work your way up. And like midway uh, points a muffin until like, suckling on a cow's teeth. Yeah, yeah. The, the absolute ultimate is down in a pint of milk, just like from, <laughs> from the udder. Um, but uh, but then we done it a couple of times. We got to muffin, just shit everywhere, and then we stopped. But then um, we went back to the start. But she's all right now. She can have um all all milk and dairy. But I think they're just when they're young. It's when their stomachs are developing. This is the thing. So Fred never had any stomach issues, but his skin was really bad, kind of nearing around six months. And I was I'm a little bit nuts, so I went to all these doctors and like allergists and dermatologists and i was like i will not tolerate this eczema and they were like well there's really no answer for it and i was like god damn it because i feel like i want answers for things so i did the elimination diet i was breastfeeding him so i was starving because i took out i never ate gluten anyway because i'm quite irish and my whole family's celiac um but i i already am not eating gluten and then i had to take out fish dairy nuts eggs i was just starving and then we reintroduced all that stuff like you said and it didn't make any difference so you're right pointless there's good there's good creams you can get for it i have the creams but you know i just don't like to push it so he has some dairy now and then uh i'm not weird about you know i'm not too fastidious about the dairy how different is your upbringing to the upbringing of your children Oh gosh. I mean, well, my mom was young. My mom was not that young, 23. So kind of around the age I was when I had Violet and she did things based on what everyone else was doing and what her mother told her she should do. And she also has to work full time. So I was in a daycare, Um, but they would leave me to cry to sleep and do all those things that I think a lot of our parents did that I absolutely won't do. And what, what does that mean you did sleep wise? Um, I sleep with Fred still. I slept with Violet for ages until she asked me to stop telling people that. <laughs> and then, and then um, I sleep with Fred and Oh, nice. So it's you Bobby, and him in the bed. And yeah, is he and in the middle? In Fred own. in the middle. Or Bobby's off. Bobby's off. Own. Bobby's yeah. off. So Bobby's had sleep through nights the whole way. Bobby's had one year of sleep, yeah, and I've had oh, no sleep. So he doesn't do any of the nights because you're there. Does he not come in and take him? No. Zero. Zero nights ever. Oh, oh my God. In the tree. Hey, what is Bobby's life's outrageous? <laughs> Just plays golf and goes to sleep. What the, who the fuck do you think he is? <laughs> you guys, we were all single at the same time, you know? You fucked up. <laughs> I, I am a really nice wife. People think I'm like this, like... People think I'm high maintenance. They think I'm really mean. I'm a nice, nice wife. <laughs> Too nice, Catherine. That's unbelievable. And is he is he sleeping through? Oh, Bobby, yeah, he's fine. Don't worry about Bobby. <laughs> he's doing twelve hours, mate. <laughs> Fred does not sleep through, but he sort of sleeps through. So it, when he was really young, kind of like four months, he would wake up and have an hour of like party time. And then Mm. when he was younger than that, he would cry sometimes in the night. And that's really stressful, isn't it? So now all he does is he sort of wiggles for milk. I have to feed him maybe two or three times in the night. Right. Um, But he's too stone. I mean, he's enormous and he's hungry all the time, but he doesn't open his eyes and kick off if you get what I mean. Right. Yeah. Yeah, So there's no worry about him like being up for two hours or any of that kind of. No, not at all. When he's down, he's like pretty much down as long as I've got the milk ready. And so I have to open my eyes and wake up and sort of feed him, but I can go straight back to sleep. So it's not a big deal for me. And is that breast, you're breastfeeding him still? I just stopped. Oh, really? And I feel, yeah, I feel badly about it. My milk like kind of just went away. Mm. 
um, in April, May. So he was uh, 10, 11 months old. And it just, I know what women are talking about now when they're like, oh, it just didn't work for yeah. me. Cause I had loads of milk for ages and ages. Yeah. Genuinely one morning I woke up and I was like, what? And then no matter what I did, and I was very stubborn. I was yeah. like pumping for 20 minutes to get one ounce. And I was like, if he has only one ounce a day, he shall have that ounce. But then I'm on a sitcom with our friend Ramesh. And you know, when you're on a sitcom, you're gone like 12 hours a day. And I just thought, fuck it, I'm done. Oh, no. was that an emotional thing to do? Well, well Ramesh, yeah, it's quite challenging. <laughs> <laughs> no, I felt, um, I felt really guilty about it because I did have my own standards of, you know, I breastfed Violet for two years. At the end, it wasn't like in public or anything. It was just at night. But it's if it works for you, it's so easy. It's always yeah. the answer. You don't have to deal with sterilizing or making milk or doing anything else. Yeah. So I did feel guilty. But then, um, you know, I just got over that quite quickly. I thought, oh, this is actually awesome that I don't have to do this. And he's yeah. big enough and he's healthy. And I need to practice what I preach because I tell other women, you know, whatever you do is enough. And a baby needs a happy, healthy mom and family. And, you know, that is true. And my milk just was gone. Yeah. So what could I do? If it's gone, it's gone, isn't it? Because oh, that's the thing. I forget you don't have to do any like the bottle sterilizing and stuff like that. But then is there a pressure to make sure that you keep your boobs clean? Do you know what I mean? If you have a slobby couple of days, you've got a shower, you're like, I mean, what do you do? Is it just a quick wet wipe over the nips? Just to, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because women who have um, mastitis and stuff, I think that's from having dirty nips. Or you can get thrush. <laughs> dirty nips. On, yeah, because I was... Re you can, and then it gives baby uh, thrush in their mouth. But I was reading about it, and it was so, like, it's bleak the way they talk to moms. They're like, to avoid mastitis, after you've finished cleaning a nappy, make sure you wash all the poo off your hands before you touch your nips. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, who is getting shit nips? Someone. <laughs> Someone's rubbing shit on their nips. I don't know what's going wrong, but my kid's got sort of a bit of a rash in his mouth rubbing shit all over him. <laughs> Everything stinks of shit. It's really weird. <laughs> it's awful. But um, no, I never had any of those problems. I did have like a clogged milk duct once, which they say you mustn't dig out with a pin. Mm. So I dug it out. I dug oh, it out of course you dug it out with a pin. You dug it out with a pin? What, like a safety pin? Yep. Wow. It was a safety pin. It wasn't a danger pin. You know, the other ones you can buy. They really died out. They got launched at the same time, the safety pin and the danger pin, and it just didn't really hit with the public, the danger one. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, gift mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. It takes a lot of hard work to make it look easy. This Mother's Day, Duluth Trading Co. can help you give her something that keeps up. Whether you prefer to shop online or in-store, Duluth has a motherload of gear, goods, and gifts to keep her comfortable and capable, no matter what needs doing. With Duluth's problem-solving details and legendary durability to boot, you'll finally be mom's favorite again. Check out DuluthTrading.com for all your Mother's Day gifting needs.
This might be a good time to mention that on Backstage with Catherine Ryan, all episodes available on Prime Video, sure. my son was only a couple weeks old and I had huge tits. I was breastfeeding like the village. So how did so. that work? So, so you're filming Backstage with Catherine Ryan, all of her episodes available on Amazon Prime now. Yeah. And uh, for people that don't know, it's a stand-up show, but also it's filmed backstage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get to see all the comedians kind of interacting backstage. And so were you, ah, oh, Rob, your daughter's here. I know, my daughter hello. just turned up. Do you want to say wave and say hello? You got to say hello. 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 <laughs> All right. right, I've got to finish doing this one. Do you want anything? She's so lovely. Oh. She's beautiful. Yeah, in a minute. Okay, you can go in a minute. Just come and speak to mummy and I'll take you in a minute. She's saying, okay. why did you lock mummy out in the garden? Oh, why is mummy crying again? <laughs> She's Love so you. cute, Rob. Oh. She's lovely. I never get to see her. I don't see your children enough. I know. It's bad, isn't it? We're too busy. We work too much. Sorry, back to your new show, Backstage yeah. with Catherine Ryan. <laughs> yes. So how did you how did you balance those filming days with a two-week-old baby? How was that? To- he, was, he was actually maybe seven weeks old. I am exaggerating. But I just ferried breast milk back and forth in a courier. I was pumping backstage. They didn't show any of it. I was like, you can show it if you want. So he was back home with Bobby. He was back home with Bobby and you were just sending milk to him. Yeah. So Bobby, you know, Bobby does long days sometimes. Those were long yeah. days filming, but then he gets to sleep at night. That's our arrangement. Fair enough. But um, and that was when Bobby was peak afraid of Fred as well. So those were tough days, but it was worth yeah. it. Oh, that's you tough. Know? How did you feel like? Because obviously the premise of the show, which is really interesting and it's great to watch, is that all the comedians are filmed backstage the whole time. It's not like you just have to get ready, get your like your makeup on, and you go out and you do your stand up. You're being filmed nonstop, and there's a pressure for you to talk to all the guests because you're the host backstage. Mm-hmm. And like, I, you know, for example, Lou, I don't think after seven weeks of giving birth would want a camera crew filming her for twelve hours a day for two weeks so how how did that not just send you crazy about the pressure of being filmed and what you was looking like because everyone all women feel quite vulnerable after they've given birth their body is completely changed I know I mean I didn't mind at the time I think you get also this burst of energy after you give birth so I went back to work the first thing I filmed uh for a different streaming service Fred was eight (laughs) days old and I had all this energy straight away and then I think I get tired when it's all done and um I can hear it oh hang on Sorry, my daughter is ringing me. I'll take it. No, she's like... It's the only podcast you can do where you take a call from your daughter and it makes it better. All right, <laughs> I will do that. You don't have to put her you on, know, they... it's just real. it's just real life. You're trying to work from home with kids. No, mind putting her on. I don't know how you're working. What are you doing, sis? Um, we're just in my room on speaker and um, can we go out, please? But you know that um, your friend's being picked up for her show shortly. How shortly? In an hour and a half. Yeah, we won't be that long. Listen, if you let down the entire West End of London by this girl missing her show, you know, you can't do that. That's showbiz. I know, Mom. I'm not going to let down the entire West End. She's not going to miss her show. All right. Well, listen, you guys literally have one hour and make sure that it's okay with her mom, that her mom's not coming a little bit early because, you know, I have a responsibility to the theatre. Okay, cool. I'll see you and text her mom. All right. I love you. I love you. Bye. You see this? That's that. Unbelievable. She's 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 allowed to just go out in the street on her own. Oh my god. I'm panicking about mine. Yeah, they go out. They take the bath. Do you know what? I know she wouldn't be, but it surprised me she's not Canadian. Do you know what I mean? There's a when you when you hear the voice, you're expecting a Canadian accent. So I think she has a little twang now, but that is sadly from being on TikTok so often, not from me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. How is it having a 13 year old? I love it, and they take the bus, and um, we have everyone in the family on Find My Friends, so you can see where she is physically oh, on a map. Yeah, yeah. 
and it's not far. It's great. I mean, Violet has always been just like a friend of mine. Even when she yeah. was three, she was so self-sufficient and really mature. And so, I mean, I don't worry about her at all. And she's not a dick, crucially. Yeah, yeah that's a big win. That's a big victory, isn't it, when they're not a dick? Although, can I say, planning her birthday party, if you have any listeners who have older children, they will hopefully understand what I'm talking about. I was livid. I'm ringing <laughs> up all these venues. I don't have parties of my own. I don't do much, but I mm. put genuinely a wedding budget into all of Violet's birthday parties. <laughs> These are like grand catered affairs. I have an event planner. I have a decorator. I have a DJ. It's always like a thing. So I had no problem ever planning Violet's parties until this year. I'm ringing around and all these venues are like, yes, we have availability. Oh, it's for a 13 year old. No, we won't do the party. No. Really? What? Because it's too likely to go off. Yes. No. And the reason that infuriates me is that it creates a situation where teenagers aren't allowed to exist in their own communities. They're not welcome anywhere. (laughs) They can't go into a sweet shop without being followed. One at a time, isn't it? One at a time or two at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't even have a birthday party for them. And I, I was pushing these people to be like, what is the reason? They're like, oh, you know, they always trash the place. We just, we do not. 13-year-olds. This is it. They said, any teenage parties, we will not have them. And I said, these are young scholars. They go to a private girls' school <laughs> down the road. I was like, they have ponies. They play the violin. Like, what the, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? And um, you just wait. You just wait. Really? Because this... This party is Saturday night, and I found a venue who will accept Violet's party. Probably, I will be honest, because of who I am. And I cannot wait. <laughs> where yeah. is it? Where, where about, you don't have to say the actual location. What kind of place is it? Is it like a sort of a, a hall, or is it like a, a restaurant or a bar? or what? It's like a North London venue space that um, aren't usually anything other than, you know, a purpose-built venue space. And they have a yeah. light-up dance floor, and uh, I think they do a lot of... Um, Bar mitzvahs. This is the other right. thing. You can have a, a bat mitzvah or a bar mitzvah, yeah. which is essentially a Jewish 13 birthday party. Yeah. yeah. But you can't have a 13 birthday party. So you so, go, oh, you can celebrate as long as the foreskin's getting snipped. <laughs> that's not what happens at a bat mitzvah. Isn't it? I thought that's what bar mitzvah was. You celebrate <laughs> no. that happening. Well, I've been doing it all wrong. <laughs> that happens earlier, Rob, doesn't it? <laughs> Does it? Can you imagine on the day of your 13th birthday, you invite all your friends to I thought that was it because it's like becoming a man, like becoming a man or a grown up, isn't it? At the 13th, no. isn't that the, what it is? No, they circumcise a boy at his breast when he's like eight right. days old. Right, okay. Oh, it's a coming of age ritual. God, Rob, do you, Rob was going, why are all these kids looking forward to their bar mitzvahs? Yeah. It's going to be absolutely awful. It's going to be carnage. Just imagine you get your foreskin snipped off in front of everyone else in year eight. I've got to ask, Rob, did you think that you had to do it? They, they were doing it in front of everyone, or do you think they went behind no, the No, no, I, I felt like that that happened earlier in the morning at the doctor's, and then they had a party afterwards to sort of be like, look, mate, it's off now, but but they do that when they're younger. I'd love it if you'd gone to a bar mitzvah, not knowing, and gone, when's this snipping happening then? Ah, come on, where is he? Where's his sad eyes? Come on, poor sod. He's just pubed up, now he's chopped his dick. But they do that when they're younger. Fair enough. Yeah. Now I know. That was another issue, actually, with Fred, because um, whether you're Jewish or not, all the boys in Canada, when I was growing up, were circumcised. It's a very North American thing. And for Bobby to move to this country and understand that I did not want to circumcise our infant son, he was floored by that. He was like, what? Really? Yeah, because wow. he'd never even thought of an alternative. He said, he'll be bullied in the showers. I said, what, by who? All the other <laughs> Foreskin guys. In school. Yeah. 
What's the, what's the advantage of losing it? What's the kind? Is there a reason? Is it a cleanliness thing? Why? Yeah, but surely, like if you like, pretend my dick's garden furniture. You put it out in all weathers, it's gonna get dirty. If you put a cover over it, it's gonna stay clean. So why remove the natural garden furniture cover for your cock? Oh, I don't know, Rob. We put we put a cover on our uh, garden table. And it's covering <laughs> snails now. <laughs> The cats are pissed all over it. Like, I'm not saying it's a direct analogy, but you know. Well, I think where it comes from, like the ancient origin of it is I think there was sand and it was really hot and it made sense then. I don't know. Yeah, but when I'm hot, the foreskin ain't the problem. <laughs> I'm not like, oh, I'm sweating buckets here. If only I can lob this far. Oh, like dripping off my nose. It's the foreskin. Oh, yeah, I've still got foreskin. You not? Oh, you look all right. You've, got, you've been circumcised. <laughs> Sandy, you don't want your, you know, the end of it out, do you? <laughs> the last thing you need, I'd, I'd be gagging for a foreskin if it was Sandy in a wind, <laughs> like a sandstorm. Gagging for a foreskin. <laughs> I don't know. So you're going to keep his then, or does Bobby not bothered now, but he just assumed that you were going to get it taken off? Yeah, he's not bothered now, but he did assume because that's all he's ever known. I mean, it's, it's interesting what culture yeah. teaches us with the potty training, with the foreskin. You know, you just, you just do what yeah. everyone does. Yeah. And so with a 13-year-old, are you finding you're having to put in like obviously the the restaurants are worried about her behavior but are you you finding she's kicking back against you and she's going she started going out on the not on the lash but no. like you know no, rebelling not it. at all no. i mean the only thing i can say about violet is that she she's very charming she dodges her chores she doesn't really have to do anything um if we didn't feed her animals they would be dead um, but her behavior and her demeanor is like kind and respectful and lovely. And she's just chill. Yeah, the thing is, Catherine, that's what you are as well. Like you have yeah. a sort of uh, outward persona of like being a bit harsh and giving people shit in, in your stand up. But you are an incredibly kind, thoughtful person. And I think everyone would agree with that on the circuit. I think that's why you've got so many people to agree to your show and be filmed backstage because they trust you. Where there'll be a lot of other comedians that you go, no, I'm not doing that for them kind of thing. So I think that's your personality and obviously Violet's too. But I do think kids rebel against like... If you're really strict or really square and really straight and quite stiff neck with your kid, they will rebel. But really, don't call you. I mean, no, look, don't panic, Josh. Don't panic yet. <laughs> I'd say, I'm, uh, to be fair, I'm one of the least strict people who's ever yeah. lived. To be yeah. honest. <laughs> but I think, Catherine, if you, if, if if Violet did say something that was a bit like rude or a bit edgy, you sort of laugh along with oh, her. Yeah. And then no one really wants to be laughing along with their parent. You want to be saying something that their parent kicks back against if you're rebelling. We, we love when she's rude and edgy. Like if she's funny, no matter how rude it is, then we laugh and laugh. Like I can't even remember what she said. I wish I could remember some of the stuff that she said. She always makes me laugh. And she's rude to us, but like in a joking way. And she knows that that's allowed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. My, my youngest, she watched a TikTok with me where it was like, um, I want a G with the big boys, that, that TikTok. And she just says big boy all the time. She's like, come on, big boy, <laughs> all the time. And it's quite like, it's actually like, it's quite humiliated at points. When she's, but it's funny. Yeah. So we just laugh along. It's not like, don't you dare talk to me like that. I have some respect for your, it's like, no, you're, she's being funny and take the yeah. piss. But it doesn't matter that she's four and you're the dad. Just accept that it's quite funny. Yeah. But, um, Did you read that Pete Doherty interview? There was an interview with him yesterday in The Guardian and his dad was like a sergeant major in the no. army and you were just like, oh, I see what's happened here. Oh. He's, he's lived a very tight life and then he's gone completely in the opposite way. And that's what I'm telling myself because I do not put down any boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> 
Me neither. That's what I'm telling you're myself. Ba- what I love about you, Josh, you can see the panic in your eyes of like one comment you're sort of worrying about it now already of like, oh God, what if my daughter's a naughty it's teenager? It's all over. <laughs> You'll be he all right, Josh. got very good A-levels. He didn't even start rebelling till after that. He got he got straight A's at A-level. Can you believe wow. that? So what you're implying is there's always time to panic. There's always time to panic, <laughs> Rob. You should never stop worrying. <laughs> Everything can go wrong at any point. Remember that. You're never comfortable. Catherine, obviously you've had Fred at um, shows and on tour with you because you did your big tour and it, and it's, you seem to cope with it re- really well, but wasn't there a like, nightmare journey to Scotland oh, yeah. on the train? How was that? Did you regret taking the train to Scotland? That is a beast of a journey, isn't it? Yeah, I usually love this train to Scotland. I always prefer to take the train than fly. I think it usually works out for the best. But no, I think I was overambitious with Fred because I travelled around loads with Violet when she was young, but I was also young and she just, if she had me, she was she was fine, but Fred's a little bit more precious. You know, he's like, you know, my mom is a middle-class white lady and my parents are older and I want to be in my own bed. And, um, he just, he doesn't like the travel and he doesn't like hotels and unfamiliar environments. So touring with him was a bit tough. And the train home from Glasgow on a Sunday took like seven and a half hours. Oh my God. And You would think a train is fine for Violet. You could pick her up, carry around. I had her toys out, had her books. For Fred, he just wouldn't sleep on the train, wanted off that train. You know, trains, there are announcements every five seconds, the doors open loud thing. And uh, there was nowhere to escape. And we were those parents who were holding a screaming infant. He was three months then. And he just cried for half of it, I would say, on and off. Oh, my God. Three month old, taking him on tour. Did you keep your cool in that situation? Yeah, because you don't have a choice, really. And he would stop, you know, we would do, I think everyone could see that we were doing literal gymnastics, like everything we could do to stop him crying. And he would stop and start again and stop and start again. There was just no respite. But again, luckily I had my husband, like you don't need a husband necessarily, but if you can have, you know, two people working on a crazy baby instead of one, I mean, it was incredible to be able to hand him off and um, go into a carriage where I wasn't anyone's enemy. (laughs) (laughs) And so... Uh, did you take him for the whole tour? Pretty much. So what I've learned to do with touring, and I did this with Violet too, is if I can get back at night, then I yeah. do. So I was coming back from Swansea and where, like I'd come back from Leeds. I'd come back from yeah. Cardiff. Where was a really far one? Like, Ye- I forget, Yeovil or mm. something. If I can drive back at night, I do. And then if there are a few gigs together in the North, we'll stay in the hotel. We'll find somewhere in the middle and satellite out. Yeah. And that's all right. Um, we took him to Ireland and my dad hijacked that trip and demanded that he be christened, which is fine. You know, it matters a lot to my family. And it was a lovely brunch. So I said, all right, he could be christened in Cork. The family will stay in Cork. But that means I had to drive five hours out to Belfast, do my show five hours back that night. Three hours oh, out God. to Dublin, do my show three hours oh, back. Yeah, but that's So all right. he's been christened. Yes. You weren't that bothered, but he just wanted him, your dad wanted him christened. Yeah, I don't mind. I mean, I'm not, in, ugh, the priest stands there and he goes, he says all the things like, do you promise to raise your children in the Catholic church? You're like, I do. He goes, do you reject Satan and all his trickery? I'm like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Rob Beef sat there going, when are they cutting off this foreskin? This foreskin bit is taking its time, isn't it? I always thought, where do they go? If there's a big sort of burial pit for foreskins or they're just all like, thrown away separately. But just sort of, I just think of a foreskin in a yeah. bin. It's quite a sad image, isn't it, Rob? <laughs> it's a little bit... My mind goes straight to how could I use that in, like, making my face tighter? 
where, where can I get a sweet, sweet? Just use it to like just pin it up there. Just two little foreskins. Yeah. Just... Baby stem cells in my neck. Yes, please. Did you do anything with placenta and stuff like that? Mm. Yeah, it all kicked off with the placenta company actually because I had Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like you, you, you're, you're like I have problems with like DPD delivering some Lego, and you're like I got the placenta guys, the light up dance floor company won't have the party. <laughs> what happened with the placenta crew? I had a placenta crew, and I had also a cord blood banking crew. So they do this other thing now, where they can take the cord blood and they store it for ever and ever, and then it might help your child in the future oh, yeah. to get stem cells, to like cure diseases right. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. So I had these separate companies, and I wanted the placenta freeze dried and made into tablets that I could take. But everything was scheduled because I was a geriatric pregnancy, um, which is a hurtful yeah, term. Is that, that is... Actual, is that an actual term for what you are? Or did you just say that? No, over 35 year classified a geriatric pregnancy. Oh, that's degrading. You don't need that. That's not good for morale, is it? No, it's bad for morale. <laughs> that's terrible. Like, with all that's going on when you're pregnant, you don't need that. Like, because it'll be on a bit of paper as well. Like, it'll surprise you in an email, yeah. wouldn't it? Oh, I'm that, am I? Geriatric. It's official. It's on all the paper. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's official. Oh, yeah. I wanted to have uh, the baby at home. And they said, you can't do that because you're a geriatric pregnancy. You have to have it in the hospital. <laughs> Fuck off. I know <laughs> I am. I'm over 35. Yeah. Just say that. So then I went to the finest hospital that I could. I went where Princess Diana had her babies and Kate Middleton had her babies. Ooh. Because I know I panicked. Why not? Thank you. But then I... I met the consultant there and he was really nice. And he said, we can't even take any chances on when the baby will be born. Plus he was about to go on holiday. So he said, you have to have the baby uh, <laughs> on this specific day. You come into the hospital, I give you drugs to start your labor. That's when you had the baby. Oh. So I thought, great. So I had the placenta guy ready for that day. I had the cord guy ready for that so day. Is there a man waiting in, it's just it's like two geezers waiting next to Bobby in the, well, in the waiting room. They, they should, but I didn't have the baby on that day. Um, I had the baby so quickly the day before, almost at home. Oh. And so Bobby sped through Sunday London traffic to like try to get me to this hospital, which is miles away. Like it's not near our house. It's just the fancy hospital. So we got there. No one was there. No placenta guy, no doctor, no anesthetist. Oh, I had no right. drugs. Yeah, I had, I was there for Did nine. Did you get a discount? No. <gasps> Bastards. And they're supposed to bring you champagne and afternoon tea. But they didn't bring me that because it was a Sunday and they were like, nobody has a baby on a Sunday. Why are you here? <laughs> I got no drugs and I wanted drugs because I had no, I almost had Violet in a car too. So I should have known. So I had no drugs, no refund, no doctor was there. The placenta guy was nowhere to be found. So Bobby's trying to ring all these people. Um, and they, they got there late and I was like, my placenta has been in this mini fridge for blah, 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 blah. I was uh, I was kicking off in this mini fridge. Yeah, oh, like just like the little mini fridge that they. Yeah, like a drinks fridge. Yeah, so just wrapped it up and put it in there, like sort of something from the butcher. Right, that's exactly what it was. The midwife was really nice, actually. She's like, "I'll wrap up this placenta for you, and hopefully your placenta guy can get here before it goes off." <laughs> Yeah. Well, it just shows though, doesn't it? You can prepare and plan everything. You can have like extra disposable income to spend on going private, but it doesn't automatically mean that it will be less stressful and less hard work. It's just, it's, it's what it is, isn't it? That is it. It's, that's what it taught me. It, like is another lesson in, oh, you're not in charge of anything actually. So yes. calm down. You could be sitting there going, well, if I, if I just, if I had that, an extra bit of money, I could go in there and do that and it would all be lovely and fine and brilliant, but it's not really, it is what it is. And you just have to hope for the best and surrender to it really. How long was you in there for? 
Nine minutes. What? Yeah. Nine, you got in there and then within nine minutes the baby was out. Bloody yeah. hell. And then you went, did you go straight home? Well, I wanted to go straight home because I turn, you know, I, am, I say all these things about how I'm like chill, but I was like, that's it. We're out of here. And Poppy was like, well, the Netherlands are playing football. So let's just stay in the room and watch this. <laughs> and then he's like, you can just stay. It's safer for the baby. They'll check the baby in the morning. We already paid for the room. And even the midwife oh. was like, come on, you already paid for the room. Oh, he had a baby. You had a baby at the start of the Euros. Fucking hell, Bobby's yeah. life's good. So he could just hold a baby and watch all the Euros. No, Rob, it's not good. Oh, that's what I had, mate. Well, I was about to say you don't sleep during the Euros, but Bobby did. Bobby did. Um, oh, wow. That was a, a, brut- a, br- a brutal nine minutes. It was, but it was good. I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's great to have a baby in nine minutes mm. because yeah. Yeah. Lo- loads of other things can happen where it takes you nine days to have a baby. So I just regret being in such deep denial when I was in labor because it only took three hours start to finish my first construction to like when he was born. And I, uh, I'm very, so like I've learned that hyper independence is like a trauma reaction from people letting you down in your life. And I, I definitely have that. And so I locked myself in my room and I was meant to take my daughter to muck out the pony. And I was like, Bobby was like, I think you're having the baby. And I was like, nope, no, everyone leave me alone. Go take Violet to muck out the pony. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I like chased everyone out of the house. I was like, just leave me here. And everyone does what I say. So they left. And then when they came back, uh, it was trouble. And I was like, I'm not leaving. And Bobby's like, you need to leave. We need, and I was like, I'm not leaving this house. And Bobby like, I know he like dragged me to the car and then like, ran red lights oh and everything. God. And he got there with nine minutes. Lou, Lou's like that. Lou, so Lou had pancreatitis, right? And had his severe stomach pains. And she didn't know it was pancreatitis. She was like, oh, no, it'll be all right. I'm just a bit of a sore belly. I was like, no, Lou, you're like, and then she went, it's fine. And then I, I was, I went, look, no, do you need to just rest? Anyway, I went into another room, come back. She was gone. She took the kids to fucking trampoline world or whatever it was. She went trampolining, oh. come back, went, yeah, you're still really hurt. And I went, Lou, you're going to have to go to hospital. You're like doubling over in pain. She, had pancre- she went trampolining with pancreatitis. Oh, my. <laughs> joke but you're, you're, I think you're quite similar like that you're, you're so like super independent and get on with things and it'll be fine just do it just do it but sometimes you've got to listen to your body yeah. a bit and rest and you know have a baby you know ironically you could have had the baby in the interval of one of your shows but I, I mean, that really sums you up I know that would have been tight series 2 of backstage at Catherine Ryan you actually deliver the baby and then go out on stage and do a routine about it I would do it I'm a stunt queen I would love it if that gets viewers <laughs> Uh, but but um, so it's all on Amazon Prime, is that right? Backstage with Catherine Ryan. Yes, worldwide. There are a lot worldwide. of people who don't think they can find it in New Zealand and Australia and America and Canada. Yes, you can. Um, so yeah, so you get to see the comedians do their show, but also what they're chatting about backstage. Jimmy Carl's on it. I'm on it. Tom Allen, Sean Walsh, Nish Kumar. Um, it's great. Like Judy mm-hmm. Love, I think Judy Love's on it as well, isn't she? Oh, Judy Love's so good on it. Jeff Norcott. Jeff Norcott is brilliant on Jeff it Jeff Norcott's too. on it as well every episode. Yeah, it's a great show, so make sure you watch it. Um, thank you very much, Catherine. Thank, thank you, Catherine. You it's been an absolute pleasure. Do we do the final question now? We, it's a bit easier to do for you, which is what's the one thing? We didn't have this question um, when you first did it. What's the one thing that Bobby does that annoys you about parenting that we normally say you haven't brought up yet, but I imagine you have. But what's the <laughs> one that does your head in about the way Bobby parents? I haven't really brought it up with him. He uh, thinks that he has a program. And if Fred doesn't sleep in the night, in the um, daytime, like if he doesn't have his usual nap or he doesn't want to eat his lunch, 
Bobby accuses everyone else of deviating from his program. <laughs> and he goes, well, Fred sleeps for me because my program is uh, and my program. And I, uh, he always says my program, like he's some type of coach. And I go, <laughs> you don't have a fucking program. I said, everyone does your program. It's just some days a baby's going to nap for 40 minutes, not an hour. And some days a baby doesn't want to eat his lunch. And Bobby will say, well, no, cause on my program. And I'm like, who the fuck? <laughs> Do you think you are with this program? Like he'll go, he'll go golfing and he'll come back and, and like the babysitter that he has, like, won't have done the right thing. And he'll be like, Oh, she just, her problem is she doesn't stick to my program. (laughs) Do you think he's going to, there's a a big thing called project Mbappe in uh, in the UK where a lot of dads that are into football want to train their son to be as good as Mbappe. Mbappe is one of the best footballers in the world. He's really young. And he got trained up as a kid, a bit like Tiger Woods and his dad. Do you think Bobby's got that in mind for Fred? And what sport do you think he's going to try and sort of get him into? Do you think he's going to train him up to be an athlete? He definitely will train him up to be an athlete. He's already got this um, sports center they call it. He's got to stop using these words like program and sports center. It's a playpen. I'm like, Bobby. He calls it a sports center where he trains. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a basketball hoop on one side of it and he's filled it with balls. And he says that Fred has to do training in his sports center. I'm like, that is a playpen. And Fred is 11 months old. But um, yeah, I Bobby played American football and I think he's quite, you know, worried about injuries and stuff. So he's already said he doesn't want Fred playing American football or rugby. He's okay with like football, football, mm. but I think golf is the one he already takes him to the golf course. He's got a putter. Yeah. And golf's the one, if you can, like, oh. obviously with football and basketball, you sort of need a certain level of natural ability. And you do with golf, but golf's a lot more to do with practice. Where in basketball, yeah. you could practice as much as you want, but if you're not six foot ten, yeah. you're struggling. <laughs> um, but yeah, so golf. Oh, I can imagine you now. If he if he becomes a golfer, you as his mum following him around like the, oh. the, the, the Judy the Murray. Judy Murray. <laughs> Just the, uh, the outfits by the hole. Were you in this like massive dress yeah. and hair? <laughs> oh my God. I'd be Judy Murray, but dressed like Judy Garland. <laughs> yeah, it'll be amazing. I will look forward to seeing that. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for coming back thank on. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Guy. Absolute pleasure. Amazon Prime. I mean, all of them on there now. Backstage with Catherine Ryan. Thank you, guys. Catherine Ryan, there we go. She's so amazing good. Amazing to have her back on. First ever guest, Rob. Yeah, return. Can you remember that? God, it feels like forever ago. What a different world it was. You know, I feel like we've changed so much. Back then, we were just sort of two you know, losers talking about their kids. And now we're just, you know, just there's more kids. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've got another kid. Catherine's got another kid. You've bottled yeah. it. That kind of stuff. Um, backstage with Catherine Ryan's on Amazon. Go and listen to it. Listen to it. Watch it. Wait, we'll do both. Bloody hell. Um, do you know what, Rob? Yeah. We can say this was recorded on the same day as Tuesday's episode. Yeah. And the tiredness has kicked in. <laughs> Do you know what you need? Another one of your special tablets. No, I do not, Rob. <laughs> I do not. Do you know what I'm going to do after this? I'm going to go for a run. Oh, Last night, I turned to Rose at 10pm. I said, I've got so much energy, I might run around the block. And I was like, it's 10pm in East London on a Saturday night. I can't go running around the block. <laughs> so what did you do? Went to bed and just lay there. Or was that just a bit of a come on to Rose? Rose, it's 10 o'clock and I've got a lot of energy. Rob, I am too anxious to perform. (laughs) Really? So if if, if Rose was really up for it, you'd have had to say, no, it's too much for me. Well, that situation's never come up. Right, now, um, (laughs) we'll be back on Tuesday with more chat. (laughs) Bit of fun, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, see you on Tuesday. (laughs) 
Bye.